Awesome. <clears throat> Such a privilege to be able to share with you today. Really looking forward to uh, just what I've got on my heart to share. I just uh, really feel that um, there's a real uh, anointing for breakthrough here on the, on the meeting this morning. And so I just want you to be open if you're knocking on doors and nothing's opening up or you're just hitting a brick wall or something else, let's believe for breakthrough to happen in your life, in your circumstance uh, this morning. I'm going to be speaking to you about uh, the open doors, God's open doors. Um, it's uh, in Revelation 3, verse 7 and 8, it says, talking about Jesus, what he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I've set place before you an open door that no one can shut. When Maggie and I were at Bible College, we've been gone through about 18 months of a two-year course, we were starting to feel the call to ministry. And uh, we weren't in a church where people had prophecies, but a friend came around one day and prayed for us, and there was a great anointing, and he prophesied these words over us, you know, particularly that area, I placed before you an open door that no one can shut. And so we were going to the Baptist church at the time and felt, well, if we're feeling a call to ministry, we should apply to Baptist college. And so we went through the process and I did that. And I was fairly confident about, you know, just doing another four years of training that uh, that would equip me for ministry, which would be great, you know. And uh, anyway, so I went to the interview and uh, after the interview, somebody came out and said, uh, look, we're very sorry, but, um, you know, all the places are filled, and uh, so you, you haven't made it. And uh, so that was just a bit of a shock, because, you know, it was only just recently that the prophecy came that God has set before us an open door that no man can shut. And so we were a little bit, uh, oh, well, we better check this out, you know. So we decided to... Uh, just uh, apply again in a year's time. You know, maybe they made a mistake, you know, didn't hear from God and, uh, and uh, didn't realize how much they needed us. And uh, we didn't really think like that. But we applied again uh, for the, exactly the same thing to happen, except for he added to it, he said, the board has made it clear to me that they don't want you to come back next year. So, so I think that door was shut, eh? <laughs> Anyway, interesting, you know, like we just kept uh, doing all the things we were doing. We were involved with children's ministry and youth work and camps and different things like that. <coughs> and I uh, just worked, uh, I worked at, at, at the printers. And um, anyway, after uh, about four years went by and uh, circumstances changed in our church where we were going and there was no charismatic church within 10 kilometers of where we were living. And so us and two other families, we decided just to start a little fellowship and uh, meeting together. And so we started the church the first night we met, somebody came to Christ, and uh, God continued to bless it, and it grew. People started to come from uh, all around different areas, because we were in a rural community, so people traveled quite a long way uh, to come to church. After probably about 18 months, we'd grown to over 100 people. We were too big for the building that we, we had rented and we're using. And uh, I really sought God because I also wanted to make sure that I had oversight, somebody 
that I was accountable to and the church was accountable to uh, for our own protection. And uh, so after you know, a bit of a process, God spoke clearly to me about doing two things. He said, move to Kumiu, which was more central for all of our people that were coming in, and join Elam. And if you do those two things, I'm going to bless you. And um, so we told our leaders about this, and, and we proceeded to uh, shift the church to Kumiu, and we approached Elam. Elam accepted us. They put us on a nine-month probation, like having a baby, sort of, really. And, uh, and anyway, but it was just, you know, uh, what they did. And uh, so after the nine months were up, we had a special service to induct us as ministers and uh, to induct the church as an Elam church. And uh, the speaker was one of the national leadership team uh, members, was Pastor Les Kovic, who was uh, Linda Flett's dad. And uh, he had quite a strong prophetic ministry. He traveled up from Hamilton. Anyway, at the beginning of the service, I still remember sitting in the front seat with Maggie. And uh, Pastor Les just said, he said, all the way I've been coming up here, this verse is going over and over and over in my mind. And he said these words, you know what? God opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts no one can open. I know your deeds. I have placed before you an open door that no man can shut. I was sitting on the right seat in the front row, but I was literally bouncing up and down off the seat under the anointing. I held onto the bottom of the seat so I didn't fall on the ground. It was like that. But it was God was confirming what he said six years before. You see, the door that God was speaking about, we just thought the natural door was to follow this process, but he had something else in mind. His door was just two other families meeting together, but you know, as we stepped through his door, you know, it was one that continued to open, and as we stepped through the Elam door, it opened wider. It opened to ministry throughout different churches in New Zealand. It, it opened up into being part of the national leadership team, but one point for a season being leader of Elam, and it opened the door to the nations. You know, when God opens the door, and God uh, takes you on the journey of his life, just understand there's that principle of, of ever-growing, ever-expanding influence and that you carry on your life and on the things you do. In Proverbs 4 and verse 18 puts it like this, the way of the righteous is like the full gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. That's God's purpose. That's God's plan for your life, ever-expanding influence of the gifts that you have and the opportunities that lie before you. The first of God's open doors is the open door of invitation, and that's for everybody. Jesus said, I am the door, or he said, actually said, I'm the gate, because he was talking about the sheepfolds up in the hills of Judah, where they would uh, have stone uh, fences put around to uh, put the sheep in at night. But they didn't have wooden gates. The shepherd would literally be the gate or the door for the, for the uh, sheepfold so that no predators could come in except they had to come through the uh, shepherd. 
and so it was a place where the sheep could uh, be safe at night, but then they could just step over the shepherd and go and get some grazing nearby if they wanted to come back in if they felt any danger or they wanted to just come back in uh, with the other sheep. Jesus said this, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pasture. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see, we come to God through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to the Father. And so the first invitation is to come uh, to God through Jesus, who is uh, the door that opens, opens the way for us. And then he talks about, you know, what his purpose is uh, aligned uh, next to what the thief's or Satan's purpose is. You know, the Christian's life, there are boundaries around it if you want to uh, go on in life. But they aren't boundaries to restrict you in a negative way. They're boundaries to help you focus on the things that are important in life, to focus on a healthy lifestyle. It's to protect you from harm. It's to satisfy your soul. It's to bring security there like with the sheep in the sheepfold. You know, many people's lifestyle today, we, we see so much of what's happening for people today. There are destructive habits, addictions, entitlement, demanding this and demanding that. You know, even when we live, went through the pain of uh, the aftermath of the cyclones, we see unbelievable things like people entering houses and business and taking uh, from there. And you think, well, how could that happen? Well, Jesus said, he said, the thief's purpose, that's from the enemy. That's what Satan does. That's his nature. And he's working in the lives of people in that way. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. When we come to Jesus, we come to him just as we are. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What I like about this scripture is it actually talks about like putting a yoke on. I mean, the Christian life isn't just a bed of roses. It's not just you don't have to do anything. You know, there, there are things that we need to do to make the Christian life uh, really work for us. But it says about the yoke is easy, and the picture there is, of course, of, of the oxen uh, plowing a field or drawing a, a wagon, and he's got a yoke over him. And Jesus said the yoke is easy, or what it means is it's well-fitting. It's like a leather yoke. It, it's not made out of wood or harsh material that would cut into his shoulders and hurt him. It's something that for the oxen, he's made for that type of work. That's, he's built for it. He has the strength. And the yoke that's put on him makes it an easy burden for him to do. And your life is like that. You know, there, there are certain choices we make in life and uh, things we do. Because of our personality and who we are, we make choices to follow certain careers uh, based on, on, on the fact of who we are and what we enjoy doing, and we train ourselves for that. I remember, you know, uh, for several years I worked at the newspaper as a stereotypist. Stereotypists make the uh, metal plates for the printing presses for the newspaper. 
And, you know, it's a job that involves working with hot metal, and it's, it's heavy because you're lifting metal plates and uh, checking them and, and sending them down to the printing presses. Not everybody would like that sort of job. But, you know, for me, it was just something I really enjoyed working in the newspaper. It's like you're producing something that went out to so many homes and influenced people in so many ways. But it was interesting when I st we started the church and uh, I would uh, be working, be a machine operator, and, and the metal plates would be going through. We used to have a notepad there to mark off every page as it went through down to the printing presses. <clears throat> but when I was on, on, the, um, on, the, on the machine, I'd have two notepads because, you know, during that two years while I was still working a job and starting the church, I mean, I guess in some ways I was uh, under pressure in, in what I was doing. But I used to have two notepads because, you know, when that machine was just flowing, it would just, I'd just have to keep an eye on it and watch what's happening. But time and again, you know, God would give me inspiration. The Holy Spirit would give me verses or illustrations. And I'd have to get my, my pencil out, you know, and write on the other notepad quickly so I didn't forget, you know, the inspiration I was getting while I was in the workplace. For me, it was something that was ideal and that it worked like that. You know, you're, you're probably preparing or doing things that suit your personality to some degree. And, uh, you know, I, I believe one of the great things you can do in life is to be doing things that you get pleasure and satisfaction out in the workplace. The second open door is the open door into the Word and the Spirit. You know, the Bible alone is an amazing collection of books of history, poetry, um, teaching, um, testimonies, all of those things. But it's the Holy Spirit that gives it life. The Holy Spirit inspired the writers, and the same Holy Spirit inspires the readers. That's why, you know, through Christ and, and the Holy Spirit, suddenly the Bible becomes alive and relevant to you. And that is the source of your strength for everyday life. God said to Joshua, he said, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is one of the great promises of the Bible. I mean, it's a no-brainer. If you follow the instructions that are there, prosperity and success are going to come your way. You know, it's, and, and the simple uh, matter of it is reading the Bible every day and meditating upon it. That's the key to success as a Christian in, in uh, your, your Christian life. And find a place, you know, where you can regularly get into the Word of God. You can open it up. If you you know, I live in a pressured life, you've got family, you've got work, you've got all sorts of different things going on at the same time. There's always somewhere, some space that you can get into the Word of God. For me, when I was working at the uh, printers in Auckland, I was traveling by train. So in the morning on the train, I'd read the Bible. That's, that's where I'd get my uh, reading done. You know, but if you want God's blessing on your life, the key to it, the promise 
is wrapped around his word and getting into it. You know, the reality is this, that we all face situations that seem to be impossible. And it's easy to get discouraged and think things will never work or you're trapped in a very dry place and you can think things will never change. You know, when we lose hope, that affects our love and our care and love for other people. It affects everything we're doing. You know, nothing you are facing is a surprise to God. It might look complicated to you, might be difficult, might be impossible, no way through. And I believe there are people here this morning and, and you're literally at that place where you've been knocking at a door for so long, you just feel like nothing is gonna change, nothing is gonna move it. You know, God is the God of the breakthrough. And I believe this morning, God's given us this word to encourage you to just lay hold of his promises and step in to his purpose. You know, the supernatural to us is just the natural to God. God wants to take you where you could never go on your own. God can show you favor, you know, in different areas. Doesn't matter what the difficulty is because we're all different, different situations. Some of you can be financial. Well, God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the great provider and he can work on your behalf. Some of you can be depression or discouragement. For some, it might, be, it might have been a long journey. You know, breakthrough can happen. I've seen so many people where literally that dis depression has lifted off them like a cloud that's been on their lives and just lifted off uh, through prayer. Maybe you've struggled with an addiction or a habit. You know, there is freedom. Maybe you felt uh, insecure or intimidated, like in the eyes of other people you don't measure up. You know, your life is not dictated to by the opinions of other people. You know, you are God's, and God holds you highly in his uh, heart, and his measure for you is one. You know, God said to Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Sometimes you just need to, you know, take a stand uh, by yourself in your, in, at home or whatever and be strong and be courageous and not accept what's going on around you. For some of you, it can be like creativity. And, you know, you're a creative person with, uh, with a personality like that. Not everybody understands you. And again, you can feel judged because of who you are. You know, know and accept the fact God made you as you are for a purpose. That makes you special. That makes you somebody that's going to influence other people that are going to be drawn to your personality and your type. You know, instead of fighting your personality, embrace the real you. You know, and thank God each day for the gifts that he's given you. You are awesome. And just, you know... Get up in the morning, look in the mirror, say, wow, fantastic. And then move away quickly before you look too hard. But watch it. <laughs> my sister-in-law told me my brother used to, um, he used to sing in the, in the choir in church. And she said in the mornings he would stand in front of the mirror and sing, how great thou art. And then she realized after a little bit of time he was singing to himself. <laughs> So we had a moan about that. That was one of those things. Anyway, don't do that. It's not what I'm talking about. Now I've lost it. Now it's all good. 
here's the next door. You know, the door, and it's the word of God and the promises. It opens the door to the promises of God. And that's the key, isn't it? For whatever your need is, there are verses in there that speak about refreshing, that talk about life, strength, vision, inspiration, health, faith, love, hope, purpose. You know, you find grace for the day, every day, but you've got to get fresh food or else, because it just doesn't last. It's like the manna in the wilderness for the Israelites. That was a picture that for us, that every day we need something from the word. It doesn't need to be, you know, chapters and chapters, but it needs to be something and something that, you know, speaks to you and inspires you. And today, you know, we have so many apps. For me, I don't hardly read the Bible a lot. Now I have, a, have somebody read it to me, which is really nice, you know. I, I look at the words, but uh, I let them do the hard work and uh, just take it in. It's an open door. The fourth one is the open door to the love of God. This is where there is protection, safety, and security. This is the greatest door of all. You know, when you come into the sheepfold and there is protection there, God watches over you. You know, we, we live in a, in a world where there are so many worries thrown at us. If you watch the television news or, or talk to people at work or whatever it might be, there's just so many negative things happening around about you. It can so easily get caught up and think that, you know, the terrible things are going to happen. And uh, there's just so much of it. But, you know, the Bible is very clear that all the worries and threats and dangers in this world, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Paul said this, I'm convinced that not death or life, angels or demons, the present or the future, any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. You know, as Christians, you need to know that because, you know, there's a lot of just unsettling fears and anxiety that is part of so many people's lives. You know, I've told this story before, but... You know, when Maggie and I were in uh, New Orleans and staying in a motel <clears throat> in the room next to us uh, in the middle of the night, there was quite a, a bit of a horrific murder happened in the room next to us, motel room next to us. And um, Maggie had heard what was going on. I'd slept through it. But <laughs> it's a gift. It's a gift. But she woke me up. And, but there was just this evil presence. I mean, I've never felt anything as, as awful or terrifying as, as that evil presence. And we just knew something terrible had happened. We didn't know what it was at that time. But anyway, we decided that we were just going to get out of there. And uh, so we packed up our overnight bag <clears throat> and we prayed. And uh, we took just a little bit of time because, you know, we didn't know if we went out there, what would happen? And so anyway, we prayed, and, and um, I can still remember, you know, going to the door, putting my hand on the door handle, and then we heard the door next door open up, and these footsteps of this man running by down the stairs, because we're upstairs, into a car, and he took off, and boy, shook us up a fair bit, you know. And so we sat down and uh, waited another 10, 15 minutes and prayed again. 
And then I was just went to the door again. I just put my hand on the door handle and the door next door opened up and another man, another man had been waiting there to see if anybody had obviously heard what was going on. And, uh, and he ran past down the stairs in the car and took off. And uh, then we left and, and went out of there. Uh, came back the next day to find out that we were uh, number one on the New Orleans police wanted list, <laughs> suspects for murder, uh, which was interesting. It was more trepidation there than the first part. And, uh, but, you know, this is the thing, that we live in a world, you know, we only have the little picture of what we are experiencing, but there's a bigger picture, you know, and God sees the bigger picture. And no matter what's going on around you, or what you don't know what's going on around you. You know, God does know, and God is well able to protect you and to watch over you and to keep you and your children and your loved ones and uh, as you commit yourself to him and trust him in every single way. You know, you come into the open door of the love of God, protection and security that goes with that. There's an open door to ministry, to service, and, uh, you know, the Bible says that we are all called by him. We are God's ambassadors. We represent Jesus uh, to the world. And uh, it's not just for some, it's for all of us. To, to the disciples who were fishermen, Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. He called them from where they were and took them uh, to follow him uh, as a part of their life. You know, God calls some people to a life of ministry, like he's called uh, Shane to pastor this church, like he's called uh, Daphne, who's doing the internship. And there are different ways where the call of God, but God calls all of us to be ministers. The church is not about a few professional people, uh, staff that are uh, doing the job. It's about all of us. We are the church. We are the family of God. We are the body of Christ. We are the army of God. All of those uh, different pictures are of a whole group of people that are connected together. In 1 Corinthians, we're told a spiritual gift is given to each of us. What for? So we can help each other. It's so we can be together. We can influence people. We can influence the world. How we view church is so important to understand because we all have an important part to play. Some people look at church, it's a bit like going to Eden Park to watch the All Blacks play Australia. You know, and you've got a crowd in the grandstands of 45 to 60,000 people uh, there watching the game. And what are they doing? They're watching 30 people on the pitch, you know, one fit referee, and they're overdoing it. They're running from one end of the field to the other. They're pushing each other around in scrums, they're tackling, they're doing all sorts of uh, things out there on the field. And the people looking on, there's 60,000 people there that probably need a bit of exercise. <laughs> All they're doing is they go and get, get a drink or get some food and stand up and yell at the referee. That's all that happens. You know, that's not, that's not what church is about. You know, church is everybody. Church is all of us involved in ministry. And we all have something special to give. We have the... Um, notice, you know, about growth track. You know, if you haven't done growth track, it's so helpful to do it and it helps you to understand about your giftings and where you fit into 
all that God has. Jesus told his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's not a work for one or three or six or 10 people. That's for all of us. We all have a role. We all have a part to play. We can all be involved. And I really encourage you, you know, that wherever you are standing in your walk with God and in your involvement, you know, to take a step forward, to go further. I talked about open doors. You know, God sets an open door before every single one of us. There's a place to go through. There's a place to be involved. Now, it probably just includes uh, work and, and everything else, but it, it's ministry. It's reaching out and touching people's lives, encouraging them, maybe leading a, a small group or being involved in the dream team in some way to touch other people's lives. You know, I really felt today that, you know, God is talking about breaking open a way to know him more and also to move more into what he has. I firstly just want to challenge you know, anyone here, if you've never received Christ as your saviour, you've never gone in through that gate, that gate, Jesus, is the way to know God. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you haven't prayed that prayer or you haven't received Christ or else you've drifted away, you know, pray the prayer. Come back today. Come back into the sheepfold. If you want to pray, just pray silently after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Lord, I ask you to come into my life. Make me the person you want me to be. Lord God, I thank you. You've heard my prayer this morning. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. And if we just keep your eyes closed, you know, if you prayed that prayer, really encourage you to um, lift your hand and, you know, I'd just like to uh, pray for you. I'm not going to call you out, but if that's you, if could you just raise your hand right now and, and uh, I just want to know so I can be praying for you. Is anyone here? Thank you. Thank you. I really felt challenged that there are some here, you know, you feel a call of God on your life, but you don't know what to do with it. You don't know what that means. You don't know what the next step is. You know, when I shared some of the things about Maggie and my journey and, and our life, it's easy to look back and say, well, this happened and that happened. And, but, you know, when you're on the other side of that, you don't know where the first step is. You know, you don't know what the next move will be. But, you know, this morning, I just believe that there's, you know, there's, it's almost like a breakthrough, an opening of understanding. And if you're feeling a call, you know, to ministry in whatever that means to you, then, you know, I'd love the, the opportunity to pray for you. But there are others here that there are other things that have, are blocked. Some of you might be things like immigration or it might be uh, you're not, not happy with the job you're doing and you just not, you want to, do something different or you've applied for something but you haven't heard back yet or there might be something else that I haven't mentioned you know there might be physical things where you need breakthrough you know if that's you this morning would you just raise your hand first of all if you'd like prayer for any of those things 
Okay. Just pray. Father God, Lord, I just thank you for every person here, Lord God, and I pray, Lord God, you are the God of breakthrough. Lord God, I pray for your blessing. Lord, I pray for your anointing on each one. And Lord God, as we go from this place, I just pray again for your presence, for your love to be with us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.